1: <laughs> welcome in to uh, 11 personnel presented by our friends at monticello bank monticello bank they, they go wherever the wildcats fans go with their GoNBC mobile app bank at home or at the game or if you need to come see us they're right around the corner 21 locations across the commonwealth for over 128 years monticello bank it's where the people matter it means competitive loans deposit rates as well as a wide variety of customer focused financial services making your life a little easier stop by Visit mbcbank.com. Today, Monticello Bank, where people matter. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. Big shout-out to our friends at Monticello Bank for making this happen. I'm Nick Roush. He's Adam Luckett. And a big shout-out to tonight's guest, Roger Sherman, where he's going to talk football. We I know a lot of you here want to hear about Eric Wolford and you have takes. We've got we've got, we got got a lot to get to later, Luckett, but we're going to have some fun first because uh, the guy with the Western shirt and the Tulane hat's here. So we got to have a little bit of fun.
2: Yeah. Roger took on an experiment this season, Nick, that me and you talk about doing just on a smaller scale, just like going to a bunch of games one weekend, but he did it for an entire season. So very interested to just – what are the takeaways? What are like the boots on the ground takeaways from some of these places he went to?
1: I, I, I just was following the whole time. So, Roger, thank you for joining us. Uh, you're crazy, and we love it. I, yeah. I, I was I was watching the whole time, just like, oh my gosh, I, I have so many questions. So, but first things first, are you crazy? Like, what?
0: A little bit, yeah. I mean, um, I uh, quit my job and went to 62 college football games. I, I don't think, I don't think, like, I don't know what definitions you use for uh, sanity, but that's def- that's not a good idea. It's it's definitely not a good idea or a smart thing to do. Uh, but the I had a great time. Game?
1: Did you try yeah. to double dip it and be like, "Hey, I'll go to all these games and, and write about them"? Did you did you try to fold that idea out there to the bosses at all? Were you just like, "Screw it, I'm gonna hit the road running"?
0: I'm gonna I, I'm going to write some stuff. I'm going I'm trying to write a book about it. I put out my own YouTube videos and stuff about it. Um, I didn't get to do as much of it because I was driving like pretty much all day, every day. Um, uh, So I didn't actually get to, like, make all the videos and write all the stuff I wanted to. But um, yeah, it's a pretty tough sell to anybody. It it was a tough sell to my company. It was a tough sell to my wife. My dogs don't speak English, but it was a tough sell to them. (laughs) Uh, You know, my parents, uh, anyone I talked to was pretty confused but ultimately supportive um and uh yeah that i i think and the important thing is that i survived i'm 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 alive i drove about i drove to 43 states and came out the other side
2: what was the mileage counter for the full trip
0: so i'm still working on figuring that out because my rental car company maybe switch cars a couple of times and I don't I like it's one of these things that's on my to-do list but I just don't feel like doing math but yeah. I think it's somewhere between like 38 and 42,000 miles. it's like 40,000 miles in four months Uh-oh. and that's that's too much that's too many miles
2: the seven-hour trip to South Carolina Nick is too long for us that oh one has me itching I couldn't imagine non-stop just going gotta, and going and going I done that every day yeah right
1: so for me, I just first nightmare scenario is just like explaining to my wife, yeah, I'm just going to go drive that alone. You you survived that. That that speaks for itself. So once you hit the ground running. Like I mean, yeah, I, honey, I, I got to go see the the rocket that's pointed at bowling green because that was <laughs> yeah, that's there.
0: It's Toledo. So,
1: that, that's that's like I love that fun fact. It's one of my favorite fun facts that I learned throughout your trip. That Toledo literally points their rocket at the rival Bowling Green. So what are what were some of the things you learned that you're just like this might be useless trivia, but it's sticking with me forever.
0: That's a great. It's like every every place has a thing, you know, like every every place has a thing they want to tell you about. Um, so I probably have at least sixty two pieces of. of of random trivia I'll start with Western yeah I didn't know about the white squirrels they have white squirrels there albino squirrels and I was just walking through the campus when I got there and I was like oh my god I, I didn't know that these existed I had seen pictures of them but I sort of believed I didn't know they were specific to Bowling Green Kentucky and I sort of didn't believe they were real And then they were and they were screwing around doing squirrel stuff um so that's but you know the thing about college football and college basketball and just college sports in general is people just have like this um this connection to it that i don't think exists to the same extent with pro sports and they all have their fun facts and they all have their reasons why our school is better than the other school. Um, you know, I didn't make it out to Kentucky. I went to a Louisville game and, you know, just hear their opinions about the university of Kentucky and <laughs> not necessarily believing all of them, but you know, I, I would, I would also like to hear your opinions about Louisville and uh, we could and then I'll have the full picture.
1: Well, um, that was one of going to be one of my questions because uh, I, I didn't know, if you found the drunkest fan base in America and why it's Louisville, um, I, I hope you showed up early enough to get the half price beers on the party
0: deck because
1: they're, um, you know, they're, they're a fan base. I did, like I that did see that. Yeah. I did see that. Yeah. From,
0: Cause I got there before one of the Thursday night games and like, they just had some regular beer, some like regular prices before yeah. the game started. And normally, you know, you go to stadiums and it's like $12 for, for a beer at, at like some of the, stadiums around the country so I was I was happy to see that I did need to drive after that game so I didn't get too into it uh but yeah I mean feel, feels like there is uh alcohol in the state of Kentucky
1: <laughs> yep, uh,
2: yeah just a smidge
1: <laughs> we rejoiced when we finally uh the athletic director finally made Kroger Field wet was it I guess that was this was the first year that we got beer at the stadium. it was so that was yeah that was a, a significant milestone um, for us personally, but I, I, I mentioned the Mac off the top because that's part of our. That's the one that we really like. It's like a problem that we're like, oh, we're gonna do this, we're gonna do this, and then it gets to November, and then basketball season's happening, and then like you don't even have enough time to. Your just wheels are spinning, right? At the end of the uh-huh. season, and it's like, can I make a trip Tuesday night to Bowling Green to watch a game in the snow? So you had, uh, like you said, the schedule. It kind of sets up where you kind of got to go to a bunch of MAC games if you're going to do all these yeah. football games. So, I, your Maxion review—can you just shed a little insight on what we could potentially expect and what should be our what what stadium should we prioritize from the MAC?
0: So it's so strange because, like, um, like it's very clearly for television. Yeah, you know the the entire idea behind Maxion is we are going to play our games uh, such that they will be on espn we'll do it on tuesday and wednesday nights to make sure that it's the only thing on tv and it just sucks for all of the fans um you know these are already schools of pretty small fan bases and you're playing the game on a tuesday night in november in michigan it is freezing there all the fans are like we prefer when the games are on Saturday. So I saw some empty stadiums. The cool thing was I also saw a couple of rivalry games and like I I went to Western versus Central Michigan, Western Michigan versus Central Michigan, not Western Kentucky. Um, And uh, like you said, Toledo and Bowling Green, you brought that up. You're you're a Toledo versus Bowling Green enthusiast. Um, And those games were actually like pretty full and like pretty rowdy. Uh, so I guess it doesn't matter if there's a legit rivalry. It doesn't matter what time or what the weather is. People will show up for it. And if there's not, no one will be there. Um, no, <laughs> no one no one will show up. Um, probably the closest one to you guys, I'm guessing, would be like Miami, Ohio. Yeah,
1: yeah. that'd be the yeah. closest. And uh, that's only they a three-hour drive.
0: They had like a their stadium. Was, is like pretty beautiful. They clearly put some money into it and just entirely empty. So like <laughs> I, if like if you and your friends want to go, hop in a car and do something stupid. I kind of recommend it because like you can just walk, you can just be as close as you want to a live college football game for like ten to fifteen dollars a person. Uh, do whatever you want there they had a like a, a deck right behind one of the end zones where they were selling beer and you could play cornhole throughout the game so i got in some games <laughs> of cornhole with the other with three of the other 97 attendees of the game <laughs> <laughs> and and you know it's it, like not to pick on Miami, but I, it was just a, it, it 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 stood out to me as like oh even at the least attended game you go to all season and their team was good they they yeah. they they either won or made the back championship the yeah they won it they want it i don't actually know what happened in college football this year because i went to all the college football games <laughs> it's weird uh, but like yeah no that's that was a that was a good time even though it was totally empty so go go find a action game it'll be fun just go with people you like and don't expect it to be like A crazy atmosphere. You have have to bring the energy. They're not going to bring it for you.
1: Miami's got Brick Street. It's a, it's a scenic. It's a pretty campus. And yeah, like you said, it's not not too far from here. We're big uh, Chris Creighton the Factory fans. Um, That place looks like uh, um, you got to love football to want to play at Eastern (laughs) Michigan.
0: Yeah, and it's it's like five miles from uh, the Big House in Ann Arbor. Yeah, it's like it's like literally in the shadow of the largest stadium. Rounds and yeah, it's, I I feel bad for Eastern. I went to um their bowl game in Mobile, Alabama, where That's they lost fifty nine oh, no, to ten. No, that was the
1: that was the one where the dude got rocked at the end. <laughs> yeah, I was messing yeah. that up with uh, Birmingham, but yeah, I was
0: I was on the field um and just all of a sudden everybody started running um and <laughs> I was like okay I'll, I'll I I was busy making like oh, it's cool that they want a bowl game content, you know, like filming them doing the dump, the Gatorade dump and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden, everyone is pushing and shoving. And um, I, I didn't exactly see that the dude fucking dump. Oh, my... I, yeah, you're <laughs> I, good. You're good. I didn't see that just right in the back of the head. I didn't, I didn't know what had happened. I just got in the middle of a bunch of much larger people than be shoving each <laughs> other oh man that's, that's was awful. there a
2: yeah was there a team roger that you just like i'm seeing this team again like how does this team keep coming up in the rotation okay, so
0: honestly i didn't i didn't mean to see two louisville games they just played a lot of weeknight games yeah i was saying this before we went on air like you you kind of have to track down the weeknight games if you're getting your numbers up so that's why i was at louisville and western but not UK. So apologies right. to the, yeah. and the Wildcats community about that. I'll make it up to you somehow. I'll go see a basketball game there Sunday for <laughs> sure. Um, but yeah, um, there was, and then I accidentally saw three Cincinnati games in a row.
2: <laughs> oh, man. Bad <laughs> cool Cincinnati K too. Yeah. Scott
0: Satterfield. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, and it wasn't intentional at all. Um, I saw one of I saw them play at Cincinnati intentionally because it was their first Big Twelve game, and then the next week I saw them play at BYU. Um, I wasn't planning on following them around the country. They weren't very good.
1: Is BYU as beautiful as it looks on television?
0: It's it really is. It really is. I got there, um, and you know, nice to contrast them with the. You said the. Uh, the drunkest fan base and the least drunk fan base in college football. <laughs> well, got, got to see them both in a couple weeks. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm a huge mountains enthusiast. If they are mountains, some, I don't actually like climbing the mountains. I like looking at them. Mm-hmm. Uh, got to go to both Utah and BYU this year. And yeah, it it hits. I went there as like the leaves on the trees were changing colors. And like oh. the hills were just like red and white and it was oh man yeah it's it's a beautiful and very strange place
2: was there a place or two where you i don't know not necessarily low expectations but you went there and you were like really impressed with maybe the atmosphere just the environment that was maybe you think's underrated nationally
0: the first time i got asked this question i like scratched my head for 45 seconds but now i have an answer locked in (laughs) <laughs> oh, it's nice it's, it's it's Appalachian State I had an awesome yeah. time up at, at, up you, at up in Boone, North Carolina and and they played on a Tuesday and like like I said I went to some real dismal Tuesday night games and they did not care down there at App State um, they they <laughs> were just they were the whole I feel like the entire western half of North Carolina showed up into that tiny beautiful stadium in the mountains and uh and and just did a, a very rowdy tuesday night football game
1: well to get to maybe the off because uh, we, we love tuesday wednesday night football that's kind mm-hmm. of our like because like you said when you go to the games on saturday you you don't get to watch them all like you're there yeah so yeah. tuesday's wednesday thursday oh love me some thursday night football but what is um when you went to the big games right and you had plenty on there you even had the national championship on there which i have a question about but is there a uh, like a, you're not even necessarily one but who's really set themselves apart at the top of the college football pecking orders in terms of like game day atmosphere for for big games
0: um i had a incredible time at uh lsu i think that's a pretty standard answer but it, it really yeah. is <laughs> nothing get, else like it there and you, you've done road games there
2: yeah we've done yeah, one it's been a while but yeah
1: in kentucky lost by like 60 but it's so cool was um, it
0: dude or was it night, night.
1: it was the it was night, night. night so we got the yeah. call in Baton Rouge before the game and yeah. you know as the sun's going down and they're getting more lit up yeah it was it was awesome
0: it that's I would recommend the next time that comes up in the rotation which will probably be in the next 30 years uh, that you guys have on the schedule um like yeah that's 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 a all-timer my best atmosphere I had on the trip I, I'll still say um Oklahoma, Texas at the Cotton Bowl, the yeah. Red River Game. That, that's that, a bucket
1: list. Mike. That it was just, yeah.
0: Uh, that was beautiful. Um, had a surprising tie. Um, probably falls into the surprising, but also um, also a big game category. Was at at, uh, at Washington. I mean, I'm sure it was partially because they were eleven zero, but beautiful location and extremely loud fan base and you know i i don't know for some reason i i wasn't sure how big of a fan base that was going to be i know there's lots of stuff in seattle they have an nfl team but they i i, I had a great time at the uh, the apple cup uh, against washington state so i'm i'm throwing those three out there as my uh, nominees in this category oh, and the gosh. thing is i still need to go to so many other places like I went yeah. to 62 games, and there's still so many more that I want to see, which is stupid.
1: But I'm just really glad you didn't say Neon Stadium. That place sucks. <laughs> it's just it's, – it's basically uh, the seventh circle of hell.
0: <laughs> I, I didn't make it uh, until – Good. Uh, you're you're not <laughs> missing anything. Just play okay. Rocky Top
1: over and over, and, you know, you get the picture. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I, I do digress a little bit because you mentioned the bowl games, and you got – that we're also big bowl fans too because bowl games it's just it's free football it's silly well and it's like tuesdays in the afternoon and this sport is very silly and like bowl seasons it's like we're gonna not even try to take ourselves seriously at all so we're just gonna shove cheez-its and pop-tarts at you um was the pop-tart good did you did did the mascot did it was it a good experience to eat a mascot
0: um like the um the, so it, it actually was because you could tell it it um it was obviously because it was so much larger than a than a generic pop-tart the mascot that was cooked and eaten toasted and eaten it was like they had <laughs> to do it at a different scale I, I think there was a little bit more of like a cakeyness to it than a regular pop-tart yeah. like it it I think because I'm guessing what happened was they had to go to like a uh, baker in the Orlando region and say, hey, can you make us a really large cake with this? I don't know how they did it, but it, it was more cake adjacent than, than you'd expect the Pop-Tart to be, the the giant uh, the giant one that, that everyone ate at the end. Um, and it was like really strange. I was down there in the mix of all of the uh kansas state football players like scooping up big chunks of it and throwing it to each other and like the field was a disaster after that like there, like imagine like just pop like all right picture you drop a pop-tart on the floor of your house and you step on it and think about how much of a disaster that would be if you have like a carpet or something and now imagine that on a grand scale With not only more Pop-Tart, but also more people like, because like the players (laughs) were just walking on on fallen Pop-Tart, like it was getting stuck in their cleats, it was a very (laughs) sticky environment, like it was not a good situation, it was, the, the taste itself was good, it was very unhygienic. Because you've all, like it was also being pooped primarily by players with their like gloves on, you know, like sweating after playing all yeah. time. The yeah, they've just... been touching. Like, I mean, think of like the, those like offensive linemen who have like um, their their hands are super taped up, and they're shoving people for three hours, and they don't like, and then they're just grabbing huge chunks of pop tart <laughs> and, and, and like then i ate a little bit of it and like i don't know there were definitely there's definitely definitely not great food safety going on
1: was that the most surreal moment like what what am i doing here how how many of those moments did you have where you just kind of look around and like yeah i i'm what
0: um pretty
1: what, what's much my life right now
0: Pretty much every day. (laughs) You know, when you're driving by eight hours, driving about eight hours a day, you have a lot of what am I doing moments. Uh, But um, I mean, the real part for me is like every time I went to a game, it, it was like you're kind of living this great experience that other people look forward to. You know, people build their whole weeks, months, lives around this big game and i'm doing it every day for three or four months um you know seeing all these huge rivalry games and these moments that you know people are going to be talking about they're shooting out confetti after the championship game and you're kind of just wandering through it even though it's it's not your big moment you're seeing the big moments that everyone else has been looking forward to uh, that I probably took that in another direction, but like that to me is what I was like. What? Wow. What is th- this? It's it's magical and strange, and uh, and th- then sometimes a guy in a pop tart suit shoves a pop tart into your face.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, well, Only well, college football. I'll, I'll pass you the mic, but no. I, I wanted one more big question because it came up, and I don't, I don't know if it necessarily needs to be the Rose Bowl but I just something about Houston maybe it's because Kentucky lost the final four there and it's just big and cavernous but it's just there's nothing about Houston's football stadium that screams college football so what was it like watching a national championship in a pro stadium and are you a believer that it needs more of a college football venue even if it is some For some reason, I think of the Falcon Stadium more as the SEC Championship Game Stadium yes, than the yeah. stadium, you Stadium. Know? I wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: wonder why the Falcons haven't distinguished themselves in that regard. Um, yeah, it's... Um, I, I, I've done national championship games before at my, at my job at the ringer. They would send me to cover them. And they really do feel always like NFL. Like, you know, it, it's it doesn't it was probably one of the games even though i i i'm very glad i made it and i finished the trip there it wasn't like something i was super looking forward to because i really wanted to see all the campuses and all the people and all the mm-hmm. like things that are different as opposed to the national championship game which their goal is to make it kind of the same every time but in different places you know it's Got, what they do is they take this NFL stadium that probably has Texans or Falcons or 49ers logos everywhere and they slap the black and gold college football uh, playoff logo on it. And, um, yeah, it, it, it does feel unusual that that's the way we finish our season. And it sort of doesn't matter, though, because when you have a thing like Michigan winning for the first time in infinity years. They, they brought enough of the energy to make it work. Mm-hmm. Um, I did feel like I was at a college football game, a lot more at the FCS championship the day before, um, in Frisco, Texas, between Montana and South Dakota state. Um, it was just a strange day. It was also, I, I, you probably don't know this cause I don't know what they showed in the TV broadcast but it was like howling winds and rain that day. There were like 40 mile an hour gusts of wind in Houston. So there was nobody really tailgating outside because everyone was like seeking shelter. (laughs) Um, Like I walked up to the gate of the stadium and there were just so many abandoned 12 packs of beer on the ground because people were like, I brought this beer to have a good time before the game and then needed to avoid the lightning and wind and they ran inside. So it definitely didn't have much of a college football atmosphere.
2: Yeah, that is just – it's just strange that that's kind of the system, but it is the system. Uh, Roger, for anyone going on a road trip, you're like the road trip master now just for driving. Do you have any tips? Like if someone was going to go on a cross-country road trip, what do you need to do? What are the checkpoints you have to hit? What road snacks were your go-to?
0: Oh, that's a good one. No. A lot of great questions. Um, I think the most important thing is bathroom um, discipline. Know which gas stations have the good bathrooms. Mm, yeah. You know, uh, Big loves travel stop guy. If uh, the buckies in the South always work. I don't know. I oh, think yeah. they have one in Kentucky.
1: Yeah, we're building a second one yes. too. It's it's a big deal. Yeah. Yeah, Six I mean, I was getting one.
0: You know. And what I need mean by bathroom discipline is like, you know, really time up those trips. Right? Uh, I don't. I wouldn't uh, like drink water if I had like a lot of road ahead. I definitely would not drink coffee if I had a lot of road ahead of me. Mm-hmm. Um, snacks. I think that was the hardest part because I was on the road for four months, and everyone has good food at tailgates. And everyone's always like, oh, when you come here, you have to go to this barbecue place. So I tried to be pretty like casual on the snacks because like, if you just eat tailgate food and barbecue for four months, you're gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> so I was, I, I had some granola and turkey jerky. Um, I would like go to Costco and get like just bulk amounts of non-perishable healthy snacks. And that's, that was the way to go and it wasn't fun. Um uh yeah, no, my I would say the most important thing is 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 making sure you don't yeah. get stuck in a bad bad gas station bathroom.
1: That's 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 good advice. Um we all can adhere to. Is there is everybody there poops. The country? That's right. <laughs> that that you hadn't seen before that so you're like, Oh, this kinda rocks.
0: Um, most of them um, but the two that stood out were Montana and like uh, the Appalachian region. I never really, I, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I had been through that part of the country, but like, you know, West Virginia, Kentucky, the, the part of North Carolina that App State is in, Eastern Tennessee, I just thought was beautiful. Um, uh, and especially like if you're driving, it's not like you are like climbing over the Rockies. It was just very pleasant and beautiful and there's good food and there's good people. And I'm not pandering because I'm sure some of our, (laughs) some of the people listening to this are from that part of the country. I I really enjoyed that that sort of Pennsylvania on down through Tennessee um, area of the country and spent a lot of time Driving through it just because of the nature of of um, how many college football games were being played in that part of the country. So uh, that's that's my winner. And going through there, especially when the leaves were changing in October and uh, and November was mm,
1: chef's kiss. Chef's that's, kiss.
0: Aubrey. that was not just yeah. That's that was the type of kiss that was chefs <laughs> are the only ones to do that.
1: We we enjoyed following along, living vicariously through you. Um, it was it was fun. I'm sure. Have you come back down to earth yet? Like, are you rested? Are you normal? Are you a normal human? Definitely
0: not. Definitely not normal. I like my plan is to start writing sometime soon, and I just haven't. I'm that was just not back on schedule yet. I'm still staying up late and sleeping late. And I think it's still carryover from all the driving. But uh, uh, we will, uh, if I will eventually get back to being a functional part of the sports media ecosystem.
2: <laughs> well, well, whenever you do get that book finished, yeah. you'll, you'll have two buyers right here for sure. We look forward yeah. to checking we'll that be, out. Awesome. We'll I'm
0: that writing out. that down and I'm sending it to whatever literary agents are listening. <laughs> uh, if you're on YouTube right now, which people are, right? This is on YouTube. Yes, yes. we are live. Uh, it's Road Raj on YouTube. Go over to this part of the screen and click over there, and uh, I'll be yes. posting videos there pretty soon.
1: Awesome, awesome, and uh, that's also, I think, where you can find out what Big Red is. You, I, I've been, I've been to many of Western Kentucky football games, never knew what Big Red was is, and you, your investigative gate of journalism, you solved it. So, thank you for your service. You're really doing. The field of journalism uh,
0: I, I was really disappointed when someone had an actual answer for the question. <laughs> that was the worst part. I was asking people thinking they would have um you know, just oh he's a big red thing and most of them said that, but then one girl actually informed me of what big red is and it I was dead.
1: <laughs> yeah, smarty pants. Oh well Roger, it's been a joy, it's been a pleasure. We appreciate you coming I, on and uh Good luck writing that. I'm sure that's going to be that. That's been a later problem that you've been pushing off for so long. That's going to suck yeah, to get going. So it's, it's very awful. relatable.
0: Yeah. Thanks for having me. And what I uh, what I figure out how to do in college basketball, one I'll be at rep for sure.
1: Sounds good, Roger Sherman, ladies and gentlemen. Roger Sherman. Thanks, roger That was a pleasure. Look, um, it. I think this is how. Oh, I hit the button to get us back on. That wow, cool. you're impressive. Look at me knowing all the buttons how to use everything knowing how to refocus this program here uh with our friends at refocus fitness you've heard us talking about them it's the 24 hour gym that's up seven days a week where you can get any time you don't have to be bugged it's not gonna be overcrowded it's conveniently located right off nicholasville road not too far from the fayette mall and what's great luck it they've got private training there no awkward stairs just guidance from dedicated trainers Craft a personalized plan for your unique body and goals. I know my plan is going to be different than everybody else's plan. They will get you on the right path at Refocus Fitness. They'll get you refocused this new year. Go ahead, visit them at refocusfitness.com. Leave the gym anxiety behind, refocus your goals, and finally achieve the weight loss you deserve. Contact them today and experience the difference. A private gym built for success, not for crowds. Refocus Fitness dot com. Look at I could have just like peppered him with so many more questions too where it's just like so you flew in the Goodyear Blunt. Was it was it good? Like I just done the whole uh Paul McCartney type deal, but um something happened today that we gotta discuss. Um <laughs> you think look it we there's been some crazy stuff that's happened while covering this football team. I've I've never been more shocked in my life. I we shout out to Caveman Calipari who posted that Yenzer was on his way out and somebody you a familiar name is coming back something like that. But they essentially were like Eric Wolford returning. I thought this was Bagel McCoy telling us that Matthew Mitchell is going to replace Kyra Elsie in the middle of the year. I was just like, oh, this normally you know we hear stuff and then you ask people who actually know things and they tell you if it's crazy or not. And I was just like. This is so crazy. There's no way this could happen. Three hours later, Eric Wolfers back. I I don't know about you, but I still can't kind of wrap my head, head around it.
2: Well, Mark Stoops is the Youngstown button. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just – it is. It is kind of sh- a little shocking. The, and they're going to eat – Zach Gentry's con- extending a contract, million. Yeah, over. I think six hundred and fifty. Yeah. Okay. six
1: hundred
2: and fifty. Yep. It's and they he signed this extension a month ago,
1: right after the Louisville game.
2: Or yeah, so two months ago.
1: Yeah.
2: So they, just really, really surprising development here. Um, now, I think you have to look. Like, that's the real question here. The one you have to ask is, what does Wolfert bring to the table? And I think the recruiting is what really, that's the real differentiator. Yes. And more experience um, in college football as well. But the recruiting one is the big, uh, big ticket item here. And even, we saw what he did at Kentucky, but at Alabama he was doing a good job recruiting. Um, he can get players. It's specifically for a room, Nick, that high school recruiting has been a big question mark. And like I think they've done some good things to where they're gonna they're in an okay position right now. But it's going to be the same song and dance next offseason once the season ends. How do you replace potentially both tackles? How do you replace your center? And you were playing the portal game nonstop. They need to get out of that. I think Wolfert can probably get them out of that due to the, some of the recruiting chops. He has, uh, but definitely a surprise. I mean, this, if you date back, Mark Stoops in that press conference when they announced he was maybe, I don't remember if it was Yenzer's introductory or what it was, he said, Well, anybody could have coached that room. Something along those lines. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, like, they weren't super happy about how he left, but I'm sure they, they probably hugged it out eventually somewhere yeah. behind the scenes. And now, now we're, now the, the band's back together. So,
1: you know, returns aren't unusual in this sport. We saw a Bobby 2.0 for crying out loud. Um, and even for Stoops' staff, right? Um, but Eddie Grant came th- back, for yeah, Christ's sake. A- a- Eddie Grant came back. And, like, at least in Eddie Grant's, you knew that Stoops still really liked Eddie, but it just, yeah. he needed something new. Uh, and then Eddie took a different role, an off-the-field role. Uh, William Cohen, you kind of knew why he left. Super Bowl champs wanted him right like that they, they kind of understood it this was the opposite and not only was it the opposite it's it's that's the angriest collectively the coaching staff's ever been in a decade at any one human i mean whether yeah like i you part of why we were so everybody was so vocal about oh wolford what it's because that's what people were telling us like that was and anybody who w- talked, we'd listen, and they'd say the same thing, um, and that's what—that's what was so shocking about all of this. Now, I know it is a business, um, so at the end of the day, that. Right, and weird stuff happens. I don't think Wolf expected Nick Saban to retire. Um, that 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 throws a wrinkle in some things. I think maybe some fans were looking. Well, maybe we might get some portal ads out of this. Don't think we expected the new offensive line coach uh, reunion. And and part of it too, Luckett, is that I thought Yenzer did a good job last year. I've said it on this show previously. I've said it elsewhere. They made some significant improvements. And some of that was player driven, right? Like Jeremy Flax was never going to be a player as long as Eric Wolford was the coach here. Zach Enzer made Jeremy Flax. He got invited to the Senior Bowl for crying out loud. Um, Kentucky went from allowing the most sacks in Power Five football and having a rush offense that ranked 107th to a top 25 rush offense in yards per carry and the third fewest allowed sacks in the SEC. That that's. That's good coaching, right? Now, the, the recruiting aspect of it for Yenzer, uh, our, our friends on KS Board, he was probably public enemy number one for the recruit nicks out there. Um, him and maybe another Youngstown guy. Um, but that that was a thing. That's just the part of me, I think the most shocking part, though, is just that I thought Yenzer did a good job coaching that group up. And while Wolford was at Alabama, he got some guys there. That wasn't an issue. But the execution was, particularly the last time we saw him on the field in the national championship game when snapping issues, some might say, cost him the game on that final play. Um, that was persistent all year. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm dumbfounded by all of this.
2: Yeah, just dating back to when we were prepping the Alabama-Kentucky game, their sack rate was absurdly high. And now, some of that had to do with Jalen Milrow holding on to the ball so long. Um, but they had issues in protection. Um, Caden Proctor was a five-star true freshman. Started them for left tackle. Really, really struggled. Uh, he's back at Iowa now. Uh, they had J.C. Latham, who's going to be a top twenty pick in the draft here in a couple months. And then Seth McLaughlin, the center, is at Ohio State now. So he had and Tyler Booker is going to be a high draft pick whenever he comes out. at He was at guard. And so he, obviously they had talent and execution was an issue. So that's something you, you know, you have to see what he can do. Uh, right. But we can, uh, But you have to kind of give them benefit of doubt. The O-line was, I don't think it was bad <laughs> his first year here. Yeah. Uh, they were a Joe Moore war finalists. He, Luke Fortner moved to center and he was a position coach that during all of that, right. And Luke Fortner turns himself into a third round pick, an all SEC player.
1: Multi-year starter uh, in the NFL. Yeah.
2: Darian Kennard was a draft pick off that group. Um, Eli First Cox played. All yeah. Eli Cox played his best season when Wolford was here. Yep. So I think he, Kenneth Horsey had one of his best seasons when Wolford was here, and so he he's done some good things. Uh, different coaching style, like you pointed out, that, Nick. than in- Yenzer. That's the big one.
1: That's the biggest thing in all of this that I'm. I don't want to say I'm worried about, but. They were going in the right direction, you felt like, on the offensive line. And you had a, you go from one style to the other style. In the other style, Wolford's just a hard ass. He's a screamer. He'll jump your ass at a moment's notice. There's no. He's very old school in that regard. Yenzer was the opposite. He worked with pros, much more laid back in that regard. So, I mentioned Flax. Are there any Jeremy Flaxes out there that Kentucky's just not going to be able to get anything out of? Um, and on the opposite, like, is this style what Jagger Burton needs to come out of it? Does he need somebody jumping his ass to unlock his potential? You know, it's it's a risk that the that Mark Stoops was willing to take.
2: Yeah, and I think a lot of it, the, I think their biggest problem right now in that room is just recruiting's a big problem for them specifically Mm -hmm. high school recruiting. They can't get guys here. And so I think he helps fix that. And then you have Vince there to help too with guys in Ohio and local guys. Uh, And even Eric Wolford, he helped close on Keontae Goodwin um, when they were recruiting him. He helped close on Barry and Brown, helped close on Deion Walker. So um, that's three high-profile recruits. Two of them have turned out to be good players, uh, slash potential. One's turned out to be a great player here. Uh, and so that, I think all that has a lot to do with it is just the recruiting. And then there's an established work relationship with the offensive coordinator. Liam Cohen's still employed by Kentucky. They worked well. And I go back, Nick, to the season. Cohen and Mark Stoops refused to give that all offensive line props all yeah. year. Mm-hmm. And then after the season, we hear Cohen talk about we have to get back, or I don't know if this was before the Louisville game or when he said that, but we have to get back to being a dominant, being able to move people at the point of attack. You do that by getting, I think, better players in here, or you know, specifically high school, and not having to fix it in the portal um, and, to, and play with a certain type of mindset. And I think they probably think, Wolford is their best bet, and I think that's why they make the move. That's why you eat the 650 and I would assume he's probably going to make more than that, or right at it. I'll be interested to see the salary terms when they come out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just, I mean, just a surprising development, but I think you look at it on a surface level, I think it makes some sense. I think some fans are upset about this, Nick, because we you have to remember just the – you really that's have terrible. to – Well, you have to go back and remember what it really was. And I don't necessarily think it was that he was recruiting for Alabama, whatever. Like, he was brought here to replace John Schlarman and the legacy he built. And he was a Youngstown guy. He knew Mark Stoops. Had a relationship there. He knew what he was coming to. And he left that. And really sent them on a downward spiral. And so that, I think, and when you see some of the fans – that are upset, I think that's a big reason for that. Took what was the strength of the program and it turned into a weakness really fast.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: And so I'm very interested to see kind of what he, like What what's the press conference like? Ooh. Like what does he say there? That That's the most interesting thing to me. But I think just from a, just a football aspect, I think from uh, coaching and talent accumulation, I think it makes a lot of sense to bring him back.
1: Catfan said, is Nick going to be the first one to interview Wolf? Hey, Wolf or I we got along. I, I liked Wolf. Uh, he was great to me. Now, I, I'm one of the few he hasn't um, <laughs> taken off social media. So, happy about that. Scott asks, which is worse, Yins are getting stiff by Stoops or Wolf leaving in the middle of the night high and dry? I feel like people get fired all the time. So, I'm, you know, and he gets to walk with, 650 grand. So, I don't.
2: The timing for him does stink from the aspect of the carousel is already kind of dried up. But he can go
1: back to the NFL, though. Like, that that carousel is just starting, you know. But he's
2: got 650K coming to him this year. Mm -hmm. And, right, he could go back to the NFL. Like, what's his next move? He's going to have to figure all of that out. But, um, you know this uh, is a results-based business. Mm-hmm. You know, and then in an off season where a lot of people were getting upset that they were made that Kentucky was maybe being too complacent, too uh, too complacent, or hanging their hat on maybe continuity. Um, they're going out and they're making a swing here, and so we'll see how it plays out.
1: It's just so weird. It's like we're doing the reunion tour every year, just bringing another guy back.
2: So, I mean, there's a lot, you know, Mark Mark Stoops has said in the past, I just don't hire people I know. I'll go outside my tree. Like the Brad White hire was an example of that. The Liam Cole hire was an example of that. Um, But there's a lot. (laughs) It's very damn close uh, to his nest with you look at all the, you know, the Youngstown guys. Uh, Most of them he probably knew in high school um, on the staff right now. You
1: ain't kidding. You ain't kidding. Uh, Another person in the chat. Brings up uh, the chances that you know maybe uh, maybe old Clink come comes on back to town. Uh,
2: yeah, the uh, yeah. One thing I would say there is he was the number two defense coordinator. It's been reported that Jesse Minter, their defense coordinator, is following Jim Harbaugh to the Chargers. So I mean, Steve Klinkscale could be the defensive play caller at Michigan. Like he is in line to get that, and so. Uh, we'll see. Uh, If Chris Collins maybe got a job opportunity, maybe they try to make that happen. But I I don't expect that to happen. But then again, I didn't expect this to happen. That's true.
1: That's true. And my biggest thing just with Michigan in general, when they're going to... I mean, Alabama had to go hire Washington's coach, who's never coached in the South before. Michigan is keeping pretty much everybody except Rick Minter's kid in the head coach. There might be a few more you know Harbaugh might bring his kid, who is a special teams coordinator, uh, Jay Harbaugh, but it feels like Klink will get a promotion, and the and, and then and then you get to where a lot of they they'll go for the continuity, yeah. right? Which here here's my question for you, Bucket. We don't have a lot of these hires in college football, and uh, Marcus Freeman is one of the few. Um, you see it more in basketball with them getting Kyle Neptune to replace Jay Wright, Hubert Davis for Roy Williams, John Shire for Coach K. This whole, we're just going to keep it in the family. Sort yeah, of Syracuse, thing. Adrian Autry, Syracuse. Right. Yeah. I think it's terrible for basketball. I understand it in this situation. Do, are, are you a fan of the keeping it in-house for the college football ranks and promoting from within? Uh.
2: I think it depends on the situation. I think for Michigan, it makes a ton of sense. Uh, the thing with Sharon Moore is he's going to have that hardball pipeline is wide open. Um, when Jim was struggling, they just sent Mike McDonald down um, to help fix his defense, and that's when their run started. Now Mike McDonald's has been a defensive coordinator through two playoff games. He's played C.J. Stroud and Joe Burrow, and he's given up two offensive touchdowns through eight quarters. It's
1: pretty good. <laughs> so,
2: uh, that pipeline is going to be wide open for them, and that, I think that's going to help um, Sherron well, Moore. I, I just think it makes sense in that aspect. And he deserves it for stepping he, in and all that. He,
1: he coached, I mean, hell, half the games this year. And my other thing, at least with football too, um, like it, I think it's less out of preservation, more about your identity. Uh, who you are as a program, they can still be who they are with Sharon Moore. Who, which by the way, if you look at all these NFL hires, what are they all trying to do? We're trying to find the next young hot shot. So, isn't that what Michigan's doing? It's just that guy so happens to be on their staff. Like, who else would they go out there to try to get? That would be like Sharon Moore is going to be on a lot of short lists for jobs elsewhere. So, yeah, you know what I mean. Like, and I, yeah. I
2: also think for Bama, it was probably. What they would have done, they just didn't have the assistance there to do it. Right, right.
1: It wasn't like they had Sark just waiting there, like they kind of hoped and planned for.
2: Right. Or if he retires 10 years earlier, they would have just had Kirby to promote.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, it's it's crazy. There's a lot of moving and shaking. Um, there's a lot happening in the recruiting world. Luckett's got a great big board of 2025 prospects on KSR Plus right now. I spoke to Spike Salles. Junior day is next week. We'll save a little bit more of that recruiting talk for then. And, you know, this kind of madness kind of shook things up. But I wanted to get to the NFL playoffs because I have another question for you. Look at, I know you love your Jamar Chase, right? He's pretty good. He's been fun to watch. Well, Joe Burrow is shelved with injury.
2: Uh, before, no, the answer is no. Was, before was, you even ask me the question. <laughs> Is there any no.
1: part of you while you're watching Panay Sewell? No, 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 shit, no. Then you regret no. taking Jamar Chase instead of Panay Sewell. He could, you you could have had Jamar no. All year if you just had a left tackle like Panay Sewell busting
2: head. Yeah. yeah, Joe Pearl popping his calf was the reason for it was the right tackle's fault. No, no, no. stop. No, for, no. Nip it in the bud. No. N- capital N, capital O, no. Okay, all right. Are you going? Is T Higgins going to walk? He's going to get the tag. What is it? What that looks like?
1: Run it back. Which I just I had to bring that up because Panay Sewell has become like all the offensive line guys that we follow on Twitter. It's they show um, what's his name at Francisco? Oh, he's awesome. He was a can't miss prospect coming out. They show Sewell and they're just they're just ass kicking constantly. Yeah, he's a great Dan Campbell player too. uh, Which it's it's a lot of fun. the the Bucks were very pesky against the Lions, but I ultimately thought the better teams all won on Saturday. So my other question for you, Luckett, I'm doing the I'm, I'm I was a dumbass going into this NFL playoffs, and you 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 were part of the blame too. You convinced me that Patrick Mahomes he his, he's finally got checks that his ass can't catch, and he, he's just still being Patrick Mahomes. So my question for you. I've been trying to beat him for two weeks in a row. I had a significant, significant parlay that was just waiting there. And all the Bills had to do, Josh, Josh make that damn throw in the end zone. Couldn't make it. I will say the Chiefs did. Like, that That offense was the best that's looked all year uh, against Buffalo. And that was maybe me being foolish enough for not seeing, like, oh, the Bills are all injured, so their defense isn't going to be yeah. good. But So, my question to you now. Do I keep do I keep betting against Mahomes, or do I do the thing that any idiot in their right mind like Patrick Mahomes and the points? Just take Pat Mahomes and the points. You only get like ten chances your whole life. Take Pat Mahomes to the points.
2: Yeah, Mahomes' dog record is spectacular. Uh, Lamar Jack and Jackson's record as a small favorite is also awesome. I think this is where it ends for the Chiefs. They only lose to AFC North teams in the playoffs. Finally someone can join the Bengals. Bengals (laughs) (laughs) But I think I think I think you're right. Dolphins, that was a weird game. The Dolphins limped in with a banged up defense. The Bills brought AJ Klein off the street to play in that game at linebacker and the Chiefs picked on him. I don't think that's gonna happen Sunday in Baltimore. Baltimore will be able to you know, you're not going to cle- completely stop Kansas City, but they will be able to slow them down. These Chiefs receivers, Nick, are still doing dumb stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I, I like Baltimore here. I think Baltimore wins this unless Lamar just turns into a pumpkin in this game. Uh, which, which there's a chance. Wh- he has underperformed in playoff games before, but I think this team is different. This ra- this Ravens team, uh, they have the most – like every team that has the amount of double digit wins, I think I've seen with them, they've all won the Super Bowl, and I think they have more than any in the last I don't know up ten years. They are they are a great team, one of the better teams we've seen in the last few years in the NFL. I think they they handle their business. I think the scary game for them was last week, and they just yeah. steamrolled, and they just steamroll teams all really all year, especially at home. Uh, not so I I don't think they're gonna steamroll the Chiefs, but what's that line three and a half? I'm gonna be um, laying it with Baltimore.
1: Our friends at FanDuel have the Ravens minus three and a half. Yeah. Totals forty four and a half. My favorite bet. And it was the easiest. I mean, I didn't I don't even think that I'd started watching the game when Lamar had his over on his longest run cashed. It was sixteen and a half last week. It's seventeen and a half this week. I'm gonna take it because yeah. There's there's gonna be a breakdown. And on top of that, I haven't kept up with the injury report, but the Chiefs did have a lot of defensive backs go down, including Kentucky's um, Kentucky is Mike Edwards. And uh, they're, start, and they're starting
2: They're starting left guard, Joe Tooney, um, is out and he's one of their better linemen. So that's gonna that's gonna hurt them. Uh I just think the Ravens overall are just better. They have a better def- way better defense in the last two. They saw uh, Miami and Buffalo didn't have bad defenses this year, but they were banged up um, in that in those games. I don't think that's going to happen with McDonald. I just mentioned the stat. I mean, he's been awesome all year, um, and he's going to make the Chiefs go down the. He's not going to give up explosives like the Bills did. He's going to make them go down um, and earn it. And there's not. I don't think you're going to see Kelsey running wide open towards the end zone mm-hmm. against Baltimore on Sunday.
1: I mentioned uh, our friends at FanDuel. You need to sign up for FanDuel. I, I, I've i learned like it to just – whenever they give you a no-sweat single-game parlay, just do it because they do it for every day of the NFL playoffs. Um, it helped me because you don't have to use it on the NFL playoffs. I had a yep. nice little ticket for the Cats. So, that they're just they're, – here, here's $10. You can place your bet, and if it doesn't hit, you get another one. It's a great way – to try to win big, FanDuel, it's a great place to make all of your wagers because Kentucky is legal here now. You can make all the props you want, whether it's sides, props, parlays, whatever it may be, FanDuel is the absolute best. And when you sign up with FanDuel.com slash pigskin, promo code pigskin, you're going to get $150 in bonus bets with any $5 bet. 150 bonus bets guaranteed. Just head on over to fanduel.com slash pigskin. Sign up today. Must be 21 or present in Kentucky. Bonus issued is not much trouble. Bonus bets will expire 7 days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at FanDuel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Here's another thing, too, like it to remind our friends. We're going to do a special addiction edition of Pigskin Preview for the Super Bowl. That Those bonus bets expire 7 days after receipt. So, don't. Don't think that you're going to hold over for the Super Bowl if you sign up this Sunday, right? Like, remember, there's there's a break in between. We got Pro Bowl, of course, you know? Uh, but they'll have all of your props there. Uh, FanDuel, it's America's number one sports book for a reason. And like I can't figure out, like, my heart wants the Lions to do well. And the thing I just got to keep telling myself is that the Niners aren't the team that we saw last week. And part of that is the weather. I didn't know it was going to be a bad weather game, so that threw me off. Brock Purdy, I can't. There, there's
2: we've can't seen remember. Nick, we've seen him in some big spots, and I we've seen him not play all too well. Cowboys last year in the playoffs, he didn't play well. Uh, there was a couple games regular season he didn't play. The, the Ravens game is a big one that sticked out. Um, even in the Bengals game, he threw. Some bad. He had some bad turnovers. In some big spots, he has not performed well. And all those games I'm talking about are at home. Uh, so I think there's a chance. I just don't think the Lions are good enough on defense. I think that's probably what it comes down to. In the secondary, I kind of liked it over in this game. I know it's crazy. That's a super high number. Um, but both these teams can go on offense. And uh, the Lions are not going to be – that team will not be – the, the, that moment will not swallow them up. They will go there and play well. I think the Niners win, uh, but I think we see uh, some points in bunches. I think the game probably comes down to which quarterback makes the big mistake in the second half. Uh, but I think the Niners going to win, so I think it will be golf. I just think they have a better defense. Uh, but I th- that's going to be a really fun game, I think, on Sunday afternoon. Or Sunday evening. Is that the night game? Yeah, I think that's –
1: yeah. Yeah, that's the second game. So. Mm-hmm. Debo returned to practice that's part of where I'm at is like he's a big part of what they do um so losing him I'm sure impacted uh, where they put people right like oh, the, the game that Kyle Shanahan was calling I just my, my thing with the Lions if I'm going if I'm gonna take them, the the reason why I might believe in them is because I don't think they've played their best game in the playoffs. It it, it hasn't. That second half they stunk against the Rams. They got tight and their defense held held on, and the Rams kind of felt like they, they had some bad decisions there um, down the stretch. And then you had the Was it the miss field goal or no? They they ended up punting away. The defense got the one stop, and that was a bizarre. Yeah, McVeigh had
2: a yeah the pun. Yeah. yeah,
1: he he had, he had a doidoy brain there, but I. I have in my mind, and, and even against the Bucks, they had multiple chances to put them away and just wouldn't do it. So, if you need to talk yourself into the Lions, like I'm, I am might, just because, let's see what kind of juice we can get on the money line. Like, I think it's probably, three, yeah, plus 360, or no, plus 290 on the money line. I could talk myself into it just knowing that the Lions haven't played their best game, and they have a quarterback who's been in this moment before, people forget Jared Goff's won an NFC championship game, right? Um, and even though they were at home, it might even do them some good to be away from home. This is like the first time they've had no pressure. So, you know. I, they, can win that,
2: they can win that game on Sunday.
1: Yeah. So, I, I, I'll i be cheering for them, although there's part of me that it's just like, Kyle Shanahan's got to do this one time with these 49ers teams, right? Like, they're...
2: Yeah, the thing about the Niners to me is they're kind of due. Like they've paid their dues. Yeah, it feels like it's time for them to get over the hump, and then you could have the the rematch over a decade later. Um, the last time they got this far with Ravens, Turn the lights off at halftime? Niners. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They they feel like they're due to me because they've been knocking on the door with Shanahan, uh, and it it feels like it's time mm-hmm. for them. They they've been aggressive going out and getting McCaffrey. Yeah. Um, they're not. They're, that roster's getting old, uh, but it feels like it's time for them. But the Lions—they've just got all the mojo uh, right now. And again, if that game's tight, they're gonna think they're gonna win it. And I—I I think that if it's tight, I really—they're gonna have a really, really good chance. I think in the fourth quarter. But I—I I, I do worry about if their defense can get enough stops.
1: Feels like a live betting scenario, where I'm pretty sure too. Our friends at FanDuel had a. Uh, a boost for all live bets on NFL games. So something to keep in mind on Sunday because here's the other part too. Like one of those games is probably going to be a blowout. Another one's probably not, you know, like I, we rarely get both of them that are great games. So
2: yeah. Yeah. Like last year with the Niners Eagles, you thought that was going to be an awesome game. Yeah. It was one versus two. And then, yeah, it was like, really, this is it. <laughs>
1: Hopefully we get treated to some great football, uh, and we hope you've enjoyed joining us on 11 Personnel. It was a little different with our pal Roger Sherman. Um, it was a lot of fun just talking, going on the road. Um, so you can follow him. He's at Roger on Twitter, which just, I am I mean, what a great handle. Like, he got on that early. Um, but we enjoyed chatting with him. The Eric Wolford situation, just uh, still can't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to it's going to take a while to kind of get the the brain uh get the dolls walked back in like it's just just weird. Whew. Just weird.
2: Well, yeah, yeah, that was uh, you want to talk about all-time curveball man. Curveballs, man. Expect the unexpected. College football. What a sport.
1: <sighs> what a sport indeed. Well, it's been a pleasure talking to you all tonight for Adam Luckett, I'm Nick Roush. Go Cats and go Crow